Welcome to another episode of Alphabet Drippings. I'm Ben. I'm Alex. I'm Matt. Time's a-wastin'. Let's get to some stories. Matt, what's our first story today? It appears our first story is That Chipper Guy at the Office by Marl Karks. <sighs> Nothing in here. Hey, man. You want to get out of here? Grab a burrito? Nah, wife says I've been eating out too much. My wife says I don't eat out enough. <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. What's bugging you? That's the new guy. I want to like him, but he's he's just exhausting. Ugh, I know what you mean. He's just so happy to be here. Yeah. What's his deal, anyway? I don't know. He just hasn't been here long enough to have the soul sucked out of him. Oh, wait. I think he's coming. Hey, guys. Hey, man. Hey. Checking out the vending machine? Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, you've been doing all right? Closing in on one month. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's been real cool so far. Mary ordered me an ergonomic keyboard, so that'll be here on Wednesday. Yeah, things are good. That's great, man. Great. Yeah, I just really love it here, you know? Thanks for asking. Yeah, man. Well, back to it. Uh, and hey, Greg, E6, toast cheap, peanut butter, great for energy. Huh? Oh, oh, sure. All right, well, see ya. Ah, see what I mean? Oh, I know. He's just so energetic and unflawed. He's got that bounce in his step. Come on, man. Burrito. My treat. Yeah? Yeah, y- you need a break. Uh, it's 11 o'clock. Take it or leave it. Okay. One hour later! <sighs> Thanks, man. I really needed that. You owe me one now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, Oh, hey, man. What's up? Oh, you know, got my sandwich here. About to eat. Yeah, well, have fun eating that thing. Uh, Looks good. Oh, I will. Turkey club, extra tomatoes. Made it myself. Ate half last night. Saved the other half for today. Uh, That's... That's a good idea, man. Yeah. What'd you guys have for lunch? Um, nothing yet. Just heading out. See you later. All right, have fun. God! Shh, man, he'll hear you. I don't care. I was in a great mood, and now I'm just tired again. Man, you can't let him get to you like that. He's a nice guy. Yeah, that's the problem. This is work. This isn't fun. There's something creepy about that guy. I I mean, I guess. I mean, who sits up straight that much? Have you ever seen him slouch? Well, uh... And he's always... Always smiling. Yeah, but... I just can't take it anymore. Come on, man. What are you doing? I'm gonna go tell him off. No, no, hold on. You don't really need to do that. Oh, yes, I do. You're gonna hurt his feelings. What if you get fired? I can't be the only one who hates this guy. Yeah, but you'll be the only one who... Hey, buddy! Oh, hey, man. Back already? Yeah, I'm back. Hey, what's your problem, anyway? Me? Yeah, you. You're always happy and energetic, never in a bad mood. How? Calm down, man. No, I've had it with this guy. I think I know what's wrong. Do you? Because I'd love for you to fill me in. See, I'm an alien. What? Yeah, don't tell anybody. (laughs) So you're like... Yeah, an alien. Holy shit! My god! Yeah, I love it here. This place is so much fun. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, don't tell anyone. I'm quitting. Well, good luck. Shut up! (sighs) I can't enjoy renaissance fairs anymore. 
because of dual meat McGrew? See, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I do. I'm all for eating one of those Renaissance Fair turkey legs. Yeah, but two at the same time? Ridiculous. Plus, he likes to rub the greasy remnants onto unsuspecting attendees. I don't think he even works there. The worst. Let's forget about him and focus on his story. What story do we have next? Well, first, we'll have a message from one of our sponsors. But then, there's a tale by legendary Dodgers broadcast announcer Vin Scully called Sandy's House. Yeah, again, hey there, it's Martin again. You know, from Martin's Place downtown on 5th and Lincoln. Well, I really shouldn't be telling you this, but I think we're going to have a sale this weekend. Well, not the whole weekend, but Sunday and parts of Saturday. It depends on when I get done at the insect convention, but definitely Sunday. Geez, I really shouldn't have told you guys that. Well, it's too late now. My mom says I have to get rid of my old collections, and boy, there's a lot of it. I really don't think I should be telling you, but it's, let's just say it's valued at over $65 online. We're talking big stuff here. Now, I won't be there the whole time this weekend, see, and actually, I need to talk to Gary and see if he can come in for an hour or two. Anyway, there's gonna be a sale. Actually, I really don't think I want people there at all. It's best if you don't come to the store, yeah? Just, just, just forget I said anything about it. There's lots of items in there, and lots of people start, you know, milling around in places they're not wanted. Yeah, again, it could be real bad. There's a lot of stuff in there, and I really don't want people to know about it. I just got the dog saddles back in from being polished out in Idaho, and that was very expensive. And you know, I have those upside-down newsreels from the 50s in there, too. Really rare items. I can't have people touching my motorized kitchenette, either. The guys on What's That Old Thing Worse said it's one of a kind, so I really shouldn't be telling you guys about any of this, so... Again, it's best if no one comes down to the store this weekend. Please don't show up, because I'm probably not going to be there anyway. Oh, God, I can't handle this thing. Oh, Mom, why are you telling all these things? You're listening to the Dodgers on KALM Los Angeles. Now, with the play-by-play, here's Vin Scully. Thank you, John, and hello, everyone. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles, and once again, it's time for Dodger baseball. The Dodgers have taken the field. Clayton Kershaw has completed his warm-ups in the bullpen, and the Colorado Rockies are ready to play ball. Dexter Fowler stands in to lead off, and the first pitch of the game is a called strike. You know, it was on this day so many years ago that Sandy Koufax threw his first no-hitter. Yes, I remember it like it was yesterday. But what not many people know is what happened after the game that night, as Fowler looks at ball one. Well, the year was 1962, and boy, was it hot that summer. It was so hot that summer that I could put a raw steak on the hood of my Ford Fairlane at 9 in the morning, and by 9.30 it would be medium well. Yes, it was a hot day when Koufax threw that no-hitter. And I remember him saying to me after the ball game, he said, Vin, some friends are coming over to celebrate tonight. You should come too. Well, here I am, a young man from the Bronx, and I had heard that Koufax had bought this big house on the ocean. So I said, what the hey, why not? And oh boy, was that a mistake. Kershaw sees a sign, lets loose, swing and a miss. So anyway, I pull into the drive about 11.30 that night and there must have been 150 cars in his driveway. I mean, you could hardly even see his front door because of all the vehicles. Well, I finally make my way to the door, ring the doorbell, and there's Koufax standing there in a velour jumpsuit holding a gold chalice filled with some devilish concoction. Fowler watches ball two, and it's a 2-2 count. 
So Koufax says to me, Vin, what on earth took you so long? The pit is ready and Elvis is making sandwiches. So I say to him, Sandy, what is the pit? And oh, doctor, I wish I hadn't said that. Swinging a foul back into the seats behind third. Well, it turns out that the pit was a drained swimming pool filled with the most noxious mixture of champagne, chocolate pudding, and LSD you could imagine. I mean, it smelled as if a school bus filled with hallucinogens drove into a candy factory and exploded. Swing and Fowler sends a routine ground ball to short for call is there, one away, and that'll bring Clint Barmas to the plate. Well, as you can imagine, I was not dressed properly for this kind of soiree. So Koufax sends me to his closet to pick out some new clothes. Since I was late to the party, all that was left was an extra large one-piece bathing suit, white with navy blue pinstripes. I looked like a buffoon, but no more ridiculous than any of the other guests. Barmas fouls off strike one. Elvis Presley was in the kitchen dressed in what I can only describe as the Pope's holy vestments, but covered with sequins and rhinestones. Gregory Peck and Patty Duke were there, dressed like Austrian schoolchildren. Frankie Valley was wearing an enormous baby bonnet, being wheeled around in a giant buggy by the rest of the Four Seasons, and they were all dressed like nuns. Wall one to Barmas. I finally make my way over to the kitchen counter, and Elvis Presley hands me a tuna salad and mescaline sandwich. Yeah, he says, this'll help you let loose. And oh, Nelly did it ever. Barmas looks at strike two. Now what happened next was one of the more bizarre and disturbing events of my long life. One bite into that mescaline sandwich, and it was as though the whole room was suddenly underwater. The pitch, and Barmas lifts one high, and out of play. Still one and two. I started to see more colors than I thought even existed. I felt like I was floating on a cloud made out of malted milk balls. I could hear Duke of Earl swirling around in my head, even though I knew Gene Chandler couldn't be singing it in the room at that time because he was doing handstands in the LSD pudding with a parrot balancing on his foot. Kershaw goes into the wind and the pitch, ball two. Do you ever feel like you're standing still and the world is rolling past you in slow motion as if you were facing backwards on a treadmill? Well, it was kind of like that. Swing and a high fly ball hit back into medium depth right field, but Ethier is there. There's two away, and that'll bring up the veteran Todd Helton. Well, at that point, I decided that despite the intense comfort of my mescaline-induced reverie, I had better get back to Joan before this thing got any more out of hand. As I stumbled through the mass of humanity in Koufax's well-trimmed topiary garden, I bumped right into Don Drysdale. Helton looks at ball one. He was standing there with a bucket of fish in one hand and a very eager sea lion sitting right next to him. Drysdale was wearing a sweater vest in the most garish shade of seafoam green imaginable and a pair of white polyester pants that even Brenda Lee would find to be too tight. And a pitch to Helton, and it's a curve ball in the dirt for ball two. I said to Drysdale, Don, what on earth are you doing with that sea lion? And do you know what he said? He says, Vin, I've finally found someone who truly understands me. So I thought, who am I to judge? So I glanced down at my wristwatch, and wouldn't you know it, it was 2.30 a.m., 
I thought I gotta get out of here. Elton fouls one back, and it's two and one. Well, all of a sudden, here comes Tommy Davis, dressed in gold jousting armor and riding on the back of a very reluctant ostrich. Then he says, are you leaving? You're gonna miss the blindfolded badminton tournament. The foul ball off the bat of Helton, and it's two and two. So I say to him, Tommy, from the looks of it, you've already got that thing in the bag. Well, by the time I made it back to Koufax's house, it was nearly dawn. As the sun rose up over the San Gabriel Mountains that morning, I was then able to survey the carnage that had taken place the night before. Here's a 2-2 pitch to Helton, and it's high. Ball three. There were people everywhere. Men, women, livestock, sea creatures, all covered in food and liquor and confetti. Bobby Darren grabbed my ankle as I was walking to my car and offered me $50 and his motorcycle for a clean pair of socks. Well, when I finally made it back to Koufax's front door, there he was waiting for me. Here's Kershaw's full count offering, and Helton has coaxed a two-out walk. So as he trots down to first, that'll bring Brad Hop to the plate. Well, Vin, says Koufax, did you have a good time? And I said, Sandy, you throw one hell of a barbecue. So now every year on this date, I get to relive that garish get-together, that bombastic bash, that titillating to-do that lives forever somewhere between fantasy and nightmare. The pitch, and Hop sends a one-hopper down to third. Picked by Blake and the throw on Deloney, and that's it for the Rockies in the first. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. You're listening to Dodger Baseball on KALN. Timmy the Kid was the most feared toddler pirate of the seven seas. I've never heard of him before. Aboard his swift schooner, the Knuck-Knuck, none could escape his croup-afflicted crew. This sounds fanciful. And by the time he retired at the age of five, Timmy accumulated caches of booties, which he scattered throughout the Caribbean. Wait, booties? Like tiny children's shoes? You're making all this up. Oh yeah, I'm just workshopping. How about we switch to a fleshed-out story in the meantime? Up next, we have Bringing Our Best by Katie Jasmine and Penn Driver. Hello, Katie. Salutations, Penn. How was your evening? Splendid. Just splendid. And yours? Simply marvelous. You know you've had a good evening when you're able to cap it off with a nice... 76 Beaujolais Caritas and some Dostoevsky. Ha, 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 indeed. Say, how are you progressing on your impending lecture at Dartmouth? Oh, the one I'm giving about the psychological paradigm of Tsarist Russia and how it affects modern socio-political Russo-Finnish relations? Precisely! It is almost complete. I should be able to whip out the remaining slides after work today. Say, how is young Ebenezer grasping the various theorems in his fourth-grade calculus class? Rather well, I'd say. He quickly grasped the monotone convergence theorem, but there is still some work to be done with implicit functions. Very good. Ebenezer's a quick study. He'll figure it out. Shall we begin our vocal warm-ups? Indeed, Katie. Mmm. <clears throat> Mama made me mash my M&Ms. 
Mama made me mash my M&M's. Mama made me mash my M&M's. Mama made me mash my M&M's. Mama made me mash my oh diaphragm. Yes. Oh, yes, now I'm nice and lubricated. Ready, Pen? I believe so, my friend. Then let us deliver the news. So our top star today, Ariana Grande, was overheard in a Brooklyn gastropod saying that Beyonce's twins look like a pair of dried apricots. Bat. Batch. I know, right? In celebrity couple gossip, Scarlett Johansson was seen throwing a fifth beer on Sometimes I think these stories could all be tied together into an epic tale. All we need is a soundtrack by that guy who did the 1970s animated Lord of the Rings movies. Hey, that's crazy enough to work. I hope all of you out there enjoyed listening. Our goal is to deliver you a monthly dose of weird. If you'd like to contribute with a weird tale of your own, please feel free to email us at email at alphabetdrippings.com. Now, I must warn you that we can't promise that we'll record your tale right away or at all. But don't let that stop you from creating weird and fun stuff. Until next time, you've been listening to Alphabet Drippings. Adventure is waiting, it's outside your door. You vanquish the dragon, and he'll terrorize no more. 